So the one, the other supplement that I have been trying recently is uh, Tonkat Ali. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And that's just like an, a... I think you're not. <laughs> no Dude, you try to pronounce it. What up, party people? We've got Tyler back in the show this week, and we planned on banging out a bunch of listener questions the whole time, but somehow ended up going off on a bunch of random tangents like usual. And before we knew it, we hadn't even gotten to the first question. Fear not, though. We entered rapid-fire mode and knocked out a handful of questions in lickety-split. So, if you have any more questions for the show, or you just want to send us some general feedback, send those to bonkbrospodcast at gmail.com, or hit us up on Instagram. Also, big shout-out to our loyal patrons. Y'all are super, super, super greatly appreciated. Alright, let's get this bonkbros party started. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. And is it, is it kind of thing where it's like, it's a pretty big deal locally, but like doesn't attract a big crowd like regionally? Yeah. I'd say it's a, it's a pretty regional race. Um, hmm. you know, there's some, there's some fast guys that rock up locally and it's about the same time because the pro cup is then only, um, oh, yeah. when is that? That's maybe mid April. So it might be like a couple weeks after. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you so going to do that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. I think I might actually, I, two years ago I did the UCI race. Um, mm-hmm. and then last year I just didn't have any business being in the UCI race. So I just did the, the one twos. Um, but maybe I'll jump back in the UCI race again this year. Sweet so, dude. That, yeah, that, that race pulls a steep crowd. I mean, it's like yeah. huge. Yeah. It's like 70 to 90 guys in the short track, you know, and then, yeah, it's awesome. Same amount in the cross country. So so, so who are, who are like the local hitters in Northwest Arkansas? Um, cause it's like sorry. surprising to me that there, there isn't, uh, like, you know, like Durango pumps out mountain bikers. Um, yep. and I know Benville's still somewhat new to the scene, yep. but you know, I mean, it's, it's been like a, you know, mountain bike Mecca for five, six years now at least. Yeah. And it's kind of surprising um, to me that like more people haven't flocked there. Like I know you moved there, mm-hmm. but I don't know of anyone else that like, rooted themselves and like moved to, to Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. Um, Lucas strain is a guy that's, that's locally his, uh, partner, Sammy Runnels. If you're familiar with that name from the cross side oh, yeah. of things, um, they both, they both live here. Uh, when I think Sammy has a little bit more school left, but, um, yeah, they live here. Um, there's another guy, uh, Curtis Feltner, who's, um, used to be a snowboarder and then triathlete and now is just, tearing it up on the bike um there's some other there's some other local guys olivier lang lavigneur um a couple guys down in like johnny purvis is another guy that races crits and um he's local yeah, okay. so yeah i know his yeah name. we have yeah we have a lot of we have a lot of fast uh like just fast guys but maybe they don't race nationally a lot there's a few of those guys um that live in the, okay. in the state um and then of course anybody from you know, there's some other people done in Oklahoma and Missouri that, that come through, but I would say it's more Benville or Northwest Arkansas right now is more of a tourist destination. Um, USAC just announced that they're going to have like a team camp for their elite mountain bike coming up here next month. And then they're also going to have a, like a satellite office here. Um, so I'm sure they'll be hosting camps here, uh, throughout the cool, the next couple of months and years, um, especially with the next Olympic cycle starting. And, um, yeah, I, I think 
it's it seems like it's poised to be um the next place like the it was interesting i don't know if you keep up with uh uh what's his nugget um brendan quirk on linkedin but uh <laughs> he posted Ooh. a brendan quirk he's a now current ceo of usa cycling oh no i don't Used i to- don't yeah, we are not connected via LinkedIn. <laughs> well, he just posted something the other day about the collegiate director. Um, they're hiring a collegiate director for USAC, and that role is actually based here, oh. which I thought was really interesting. So that's cool. Yeah, seems like things are moving and shaking, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, to date, there's like fast, fast local guys, but of course, when guys like Russell and um, I don't know whoever else comes down for Rule of Three, it you know they put them to shame, but. Overall, it's a lot of fast regional guys. And then I'm sure, you know, as the Walton wheels keep turning, there'll be more and more fast people looking to relocate here. So, yeah. Yeah. Crystal, Dude, so, I forgot to mention Crystal Anthony. Sorry. Oh, yeah. She well, yeah. This. Yeah. I forgot that she <laughs> she's lived there for a while. Like she kind of moved there early on before it was like mainstream. Yeah. She's I like, the say, like maybe hipster. 2017 or 2016 or something like that. She moved out there. Yeah, I think so. Moved here before. It was um, cool. I, uh. Back in like 2019, I got to help out with one of the, uh, I guess it was maybe the mud fund, like first year of the mud fund at the time, um, mm-hmm. but Devo camp, it was after mm-hmm. the, uh, Fayetteville <clears throat> cyclocross, uh, UCI race for like when they were doing the world championship preview race, which yep. was kind of a funny, funny way to coin it because it really didn't give us any insight into what the world <laughs> championship was going to look like. But, um, anyways, yeah, you said, did like a Devo talent ID camp after that. Um, and it was pretty sick. I got to like hang out in Bentonville for a week. Um, and then it, and then like the following weekend was the, um, Oz trails off road. So I got to like mm-hmm. basically spend like a week and a half in Bentonville and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a lot of programming here and it's kind of building itself up as this mountain bike destination. So yeah, I mean, it's funny every, every weekend you'll see in the spring or like I would say it's probably starting next month. You'll start seeing license plates from Minnesota, from South Dakota, from like all of these winter spots where people get a week off or they take a long weekend to, to come down and, and ride bikes. Um, but yep. yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a cool spot for sure. Cool. Maybe I'll, uh, I've been trying to do like figure out some kind of spring, like training camp for myself. I also like mm-hmm. wanted to, wanted to coordinate one for like coaching too. Um, but they're actually harder to plan than you realize or than you would think. Um, especially when I've, I've never actually done any formal training camp myself. Yeah. So I was just, so I was yeah, just talking I, I like, with an athlete who uh, went to a training camp for a mountain bike team. And I had lots of questions about what even, what did you guys do? What, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Cause there, there's like, there's like the bro camp where like everyone just gets together and goes and rides Mm-hmm. But then it's like, if you're trying to put on like a formal camp where like people are paying to come there and stuff like that, like there's a lot that goes into it. Cause you don't want it to turn into that. Cause otherwise yeah. it's like, well, like what value are people getting from that? Like, you know, and that's what I like been kind of like stumbling with myself. It's like, you know, I can travel somewhere and go put in a 25 hour week, but I could also like just take some time off of other stuff and stay home and put a 25 hour weekend. <laughs> like, I just don't do that on though. Because I'm home, you know? So it's like, yeah, there's like this like weird dilemma um because i have no problem riding outside in the winter here like that's not the issue it's more so like just the motivation to like put in a huge week like that 
Yeah, there is something to be in being like on a quote unquote bike vacation, right? Where you're just motivated to ride or you go to a new place. But I think it, as long as if you know the place where you're going, then that makes it easier. But if you're totally. just coordinating by yourself, like, or coordinating for a group of people, there's pressure to find a a cool spot to come in or like what routes do we go do? You really have to rely on someone that's been there and knows the roads to. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to like people wake up in the morning and everyone's like checking trail forks like, Oh yeah, you know, maybe we could link this trail and you know, do that trail. Like you've got to have it pretty, pretty well mapped out. Yeah, for sure. Are you guys sure. already recording? We are. Dude, we figured we'd talk about like more important things than before the gravel, with- <laughs> before the gravel starts. Started without me. Dude, you got to be here on time. All right, what are we what are we talking about? Talking about we, training camps we, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what do you so Dylan, have you had training camp experiences in your in your cycling career? Um, no. To be honest, not really. Um, just kind of train consistently throughout the winter. <laughs> I don't have like one week where I go to somewhere I've never had, you know, gone to a place done way more riding than I'm normally doing and then gone back home and I, it's it's never been something that I've done. I'm not saying that I'm against it, but I'm I'm just saying I haven't personally done it. And you didn't get invited to the spirit tour? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept and hard if you're the one planning, uh like Adam and I were just talking about how do you figure out from like a coaching perspective to put together a week that'll cater to a bunch of people coming down to go ride. It's a lot of pressure to, and logistics to figure out what you're going to do, what you, where you're going to ride, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. We might have a training camp in uh, Tucson. If we all head down to Tucson in February. Are you talking about us on this call or are you trying to, are we coordinating this right <laughs> yeah, now? Dude, you can come too. <laughs> yeah. You can come. Yeah. Sounds you want to come? Sure. I mean, at least three of us on this call, dude. But okay, so here's the confusing thing, and so and and I don't know. Maybe Drew just like doesn't. He's not good geographically. But like he's going to Phoenix, but Caitlin's going to Tucson. How far apart are those two? Like a few hours. Oh, never mind. Why yeah, I'm going. I'm to kind Phoenix? of fix. I'm kind of fifty fifty on it anyway, because to be honest, February in Brevard is not bad at all. Um, and it's like, you know. Do I do I need to fly somewhere when I could easily ride my bike every single day here? I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's what we were just talking about. Like, like I've never done a training camp before. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to. Like, I, I I always have this desire to. Like every year, I'm like, okay, I should go somewhere. But like the the reality, I mean, is it like, makes I, a, I it makes a lot me. of sense for you, right? Because you yeah, can't like, ride outside right now. I just did four hours outside today. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> And then, I went I for, and then I went cross country <laughs> skiing for an hour after that. So like, dang, yeah, dude. I have no problem getting, getting the training in here. Um, it's what, more like so on like fat bike or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fat bike exclusively. So this is it like, actually been awesome. it's only fat bike in the winter. You can't do anything else <clears throat> right now this winter. Yeah. Cause we've already gotten like three feet of snow this winter, hmm. which like doesn't seem like that much if you're like from Colorado, but like for here, it's a lot because it stays below freezing. Like, I mean, that sounds like time. a ton to me. Yeah, so so yeah, we there's like we haven't over, gotten one inch yet. Of, well, you live in North Carolina, dude. Well, dude, sometimes we get like a foot of snow. <laughs> I well, 
maybe. I mean, I live in the mountains of North Carolina. Maybe it'll come like like mid-February, and you'll be like wishing you went to Tucson. Yeah, dude, if it comes (laughs) mid-February, I'll book a last-minute trip to Tucson. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Honestly, like the worst worst month here usually is November, unless I'm like ending my season already. Like this year, I ended my season like early November, so it was fine because I didn't really care what the weather was. Um, But usually November is a terrible training month. And March is usually pretty bad too. Cause by March you're like starting to do some like pretty hefty training and usually there's not snow on the ground anymore in March, but it's still cold. And that's what sucks. Like I'm fine if it's like super cold and there's snow on the ground, but if it's just like yeah. super cold and windy and there's no snow, then it's like kind of, kind of dreary. Well, there we go. Uh, I guess March is our training camp date. Then. Yeah. Adam. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest yeah. with you. I think that if my girlfriend wasn't still in college right now, I, I think the two of us would have just gone to like Tucson or Florida. I mean, it's not even that bad here in Brevard, but like if you can ride every single day in 70 and 80 degrees in January and February, you know, you probably would have done that. Yeah. But Florida's like, I mean, I don't know. I've never ridden bike there, but it just seems like such a boring place to ride. Well, it's pretty flat, but they do have a lot of dude. It's like, it's like so (laughs) flat. (laughs) Well, it depends on where in the state you go. Northern Florida is where. Northern Florida's kind of rolling a little bit. Central Florida's <laughs> not bad either. Like, that's where, uh, like, around Ocala, like, there's some good hills out that way. But, yeah, if you go towards the coast, pan flat. Like, 200 yeah. feet of climbing in four hours. They do, they do have a lot of gravel there. Um, you know, it's not it's not really? the most fun gravel in the world because it's pretty flat. But, yeah. Do so. you get to see, like, big-ass snakes and stuff when you're riding gravel down there? Do you see, see gators, man? Or gators, yeah. Yeah, if you're not careful, they're freaking bite your tires. <laughs> that dude, if it bites your tires, then it's also going to definitely bite you because you're not going to be going anywhere. No, a lot of, when I did a race down in Florida, uh, we did see gators. Like we were riding the gravel, and the gravels are like on these levees, right? So mm-hmm. the gators are right there. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's pretty wicked. Yeah. Um, Cool. I don't do you, I don't get any like thrill or adrenaline rush or anything out of like riding in places where there's wild animals that could kill you. Like that's just not something that I'm like that excited about. Yeah. I mean, you don't like seeing a wild animal? Like a bear or something? Dude, I yeah, like I, I just I, 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 North, I yeah, I'd be totally fine North if Carolina, I never saw a bear I, I've or a mountain seen, lion. You've never seen a bear or a mountain lion. Not in the wild, and I don't Dude, want to. I in <laughs> in Pisgah National Forest, I've seen bears multiple times, and one time a bear, while I was riding, a bear just ran in front of the trail that I was riding, probably five feet in front of me. Like like if I was if I had started riding that trail two seconds earlier, I would have just ran into it, smoked it, <laughs> or if you yeah. would have had arrow socks on, that would have been. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um cool well should we is uh is drew joining us for this episode to talk about his let's European let's just assume experience? he's not I don't, I don't know what drew's doing man because i was gonna say we sh- if he is it's gonna be during the end of the episode because he's clearly not on now and we should probably get to listener questions first yeah we don't want to talk about how we're prognosticators i say we I mean, you guys are prognosticators of the lifetime. What is that Grand word? Prix. What is that? What does that word mean? <laughs> like <clears throat> that you were so uh, you guys predicted it. You guys called with the. Oh, the oh dude. The, yeah, that's true. Are yeah. we not going to talk about how we predicted it? 
I mean, we, we don't have to pat our own backs. We could just. Like, I mean, honestly, it was us. Adam. Like, I kind of just yeah. piggybacked off of Adam. <laughs> We're all right. I figured that whole thing out. He was like, he was like, yeah, man, the rad. You know, they haven't picked their registration, and also just the dates, and and you know the way the like moon aligns with the sun in this specific <laughs> period of time. And I was like, wow, yeah, that makes sense, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it 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 did just seem like too obvious to me, but I was also like it like sort of half expecting a curveball because it seems so obvious, you know, like, but they didn't give us that. They just gave us, the I red. was really hoping, I was really hoping for a curveball, and I was really hoping for an East coast race because I'm an East coaster. But also I feel like if it's a national series, you got to have at least one East coast race. And you know why I mean? do you have to have three super high elevation races? Like, dude, that kind of sucks. Too. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That I feel like no too. one's going to go to Schwam again. No, because everyone's going to be. Why would why would no one go to Schwamigan? Because they don't want to leave Colorado. Now, 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 Schwamigan is the outlier of the whole series. So, like, yeah, why would you like mm-hmm. detrain to try and like improve your fitness for a two hour race? Yeah, the, so just to have to turn around and train again for a hundred for two hundred. Probably mile talk races. about that. That's the that's the trickiest thing about where they put it on the calendar. So, is what it's two weeks after Schwamigan? Is that <clears> correct? Yeah. Which means no time for altitude training or, you know, proper. Well, I mean, if you went straight from Schwamigan back to altitude, still not optimal. I mean, it's not so, optimal, but I mean, that's not, that's not bad. Two weeks. <laughs> How fast can you detrain from altitude? Mr. Science well, here, here's the thing is that if you want to do super well at Schwamigan, you should actually probably be training at low altitude. Yeah. To, to, um, you know, get in those super high end VO2 max efforts, which you need for Schwamigan. And then in order to do well at the rad, you want to be doing altitude training. So it, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I wonder if people are going to pick like one or the other out of those two. And yeah, then I could both see, of those events are going to be sparsely attended relatively. I could see that. Um, Pete Stetton already put his calendar out there and he's not doing Schwamigan. Hmm. I haven't looked at anyone else. He had a lot of races on his calendar. Like it seemed like too many to me. I mean, I, I don't want even, to tell him what I to do. I think he even but. mentioned that he was dialing it back this year. Yeah, his schedule last year was also <laughs> crazy, man. Yeah. That's one thing that I talked about in the recent video that I just put out is like I feel like I personally I definitely feel like I overraced last year and I and some of these other gravel racers, I mean, they're doing more races than I'm doing. I mean, guys like Pete Stetna and Adam Roberts are they get into the season, it's like they're racing a freaking, you know, five to ten hour race every weekend. It's crazy. Like, I don't know how they don't get burnt out by the end of the season, both physically and mentally. I wonder if you're just like, if you are if you come into the season burnt out, then you never realize <laughs> you're getting burnt out. Like, if you're just chronically burnt out, then <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, Um I mean, if anything, I feel like Adam got stronger throughout the se- the season. Like his best results of the whole year was arguably Big Sugar. You know, third place in a lifetime and, Grand Prix and race. he won uh, BWR Kansas, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. The week before, yep. yeah, animal. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, probably what yeah. it is is he probably detrained a little bit for Schwamigan and got his freshness back. You think? Maybe. I feel like he didn't, dude. I feel like he didn't care at all about Schwamigan. He's like, ah, he was just pissed that he had to ride his mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What do you like, guys take on? Only. <clears throat> what do you, I saw some some dust up about the uh, something about making it a series and how they should have added a mountain bike race. What do you all think about them adding another gravel race to the Lifetime Grand Prix? Oh yeah, I think I think I think yeah. Steve put something out there like that. Like he, I mean, like it's already leaning towards gravel. Like why do we need to add more gravel? I mean, of course, a mountain biker was going to complain about <laughs> how it was. Like it wasn't leaning towards gravel. It was fifty percent gravel and fifty percent mountain bike. Now you could argue that the like mountain bike races that they have in the series are super pussy, which they are. Um, like they're practically gravel races the fact that you can do all three of them just fine on a hardtail is all you need to know right yeah 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 um yeah you know what you know what would have been cool and i think i actually texted adam about this is if they picked a super technical mountain bike race as this wild card event um like you know i i would have liked it to be the the problem is they don't really care about the Grand Prix. What they care about is getting more people into their events. And they're not mm-hmm. you're not going to fill 2000 spots in a super technical mountain bike race. Like it's just not going to happen. People people love technical mountain bike races here on the East Coast. That's all that, about there's that. all that's the only riding there is on the East Coast. I'm just it's saying people are into it. I don't know. I just I just don't know if it, I I don't know. I, I, I just I, I just mean, don't I know think, if it's the crowd that they're they're trying to, you know, get after. Yeah, I th- I think it's going to be it would be really hard to have like to get a bunch of people one to get to a race that would be in Pisca, say like a, you know, an endurance mountain bike race in Pisca, like it's going to attract a certain type of person, but definitely not the same crowd as like a viable uh gravel event will. Yeah. Yeah. I I I per the the fact that three of them are at high altitude and two races in a supposedly national series are in Colorado, the same state. Um, yeah, I don't know. They they need they need East Coast representation, in my opinion. Isn't there is is there has to be a lifetime race on the East Coast, right? Yeah. So Daniel actually texted us or emailed us or whatever. Um, there was one that was called like the the. Now I'm gonna forget it. There was one up in like. I think it was in New York. Um, hold on, now I need to now I need to look it up. Tur- the turkey trot. <laughs> turkey trot. <laughs> it was like white something tour of yeah, the- and I bet it was I bet it was super technical too. New York trails are are pretty rocky. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Um, anyways, he was telling us there used to be one, um, but they that that race is no longer part of the lifetime conglomerate. So some kind of falling out happened there. Okay. Uh, bummer. Well, yeah, that's a great but, segue though, Adam, into listener questions, not to take it away from, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. whatever you guys want yeah, to talk Daniel. about, but, um, does Daniel have another listener question? Uh, no, but, uh, Helen cow, cow, sorry, <laughs> don't know how to say your name. Um, it's K a U. I wonder how you say that. But anyways, he asks when we're going to have Daniel on the show, dude. So we should get Daniel on sometime. Um, and not just because he's a VIP Patreon contributor, but because he's got some like, I don't know, he's got some kick-ass ideas about how to analyze and do some stuff to break down like performance of racers and stuff. I don't know. It'd be interesting to have him on. I don't know all that much about his background, but it'd be cool to learn more, especially since we like talk about Daniel like every show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also Daniel start the, start the gravel stats website. Yeah. What, what were what did we call it? And we had like a cool name for it. Pedal power. 
Pedal power. Pebble, pebble Pe- power. Pebble power. Yeah. Was Adam's uh Pebble power? Pebble power. Yep. Small rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Like goes with gravel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but um yeah. okay, let's get into this. Leaf Jurgensen wants to know what supplements or topicals do you guys use for writing performance? Hmm. All right, you guys um, so I'll start. go ahead. I don't use any supplements or I don't use any supplements for writing performance. Um, I just take like some vitamins and stuff like that, like just normal crap. Um, I will use the PR lotion like every once in a while for like a hard race, hmm. probably not for something like a, you know, hundred mile race, but for, for something that's like, you know, going to be four hours or less, I'll throw some of that on. Did you use it for Schwamigan? I can't remember. Um, I did. And I only remember that I did because I also wore my arrow socks and I put my lotion on too far down my calf and then my arrow socks wouldn't stay up. <laughs> rookie. Dude, dude, you want to? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a rookie move. I, uh, <laughs> I made a video about, uh, PR lotion <clears throat> and that was actually the catalyst that got me to leave CTS and start my own, uh, start my own coaching company. Cause, because you didn't because you were against Pierre Lopez? No, I wasn't against. I mean, I like you should go back if if you're listening, you should go back and watch that video, but I mean, I was just like looking at the research and the research is first of all is super limited and the research that is out there is funded by like PR lotion. <laughs> and the fact that it's funded by PR lotion should already, you know, like already you got to take this stuff with a grain of salt and even with it being funded by PR lotion, it wasn't that impressive. Like they tried to like the, they advertised some of the results on their website to try to make it look like it was impressive. But I actually went and read the studies that they did. And I was like, like, is this the best they got? This is not (laughs) like what? (laughs) I I can't remember the specifics of it now because at this point that video is like three years old, probably. Um, but yeah, I, I remember it just not being very impressive. And so what I said in that video is like, you know, I don't know. I don't know for sure whether this stuff works or not works. All I can say is that the research that's currently available is funded by PR Lotion and it's not that impressive, which should tell you a lot. And yeah. and I guess I didn't even realize this, but PR Lotion was like a sponsor of CTS, right? Oh. So... <laughs> <laughs> so so they were like, yeah, you can't do that, Dylan. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, all right. So I took it down for like a month. And then I basically told myself that I was like, I can't have like a company telling me what videos I can and can't make. So I was just like, yeah, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's safe to say so- you only use Lactigo then. Uh, <laughs> yeah i don't I, I haven't looked into lactigo is it is it basically the same thing yeah i think so i mean okay. you might as well just like put is some that the one, is that sodium Phil bicarbonate uses that I, I think so yeah i don't know yeah dude it, it's I, so funny like yeah. i i love <laughs> he'll <laughs> he does some funny stuff with it. like he'll like literally like use an entire bottle he like pours it on his like head and like does some like it's pretty funny what he does um <laughs> Which I guess when you're getting like a forty dollar bottle of lotion for free, then you can do whatever you want with it. But um, Are they that yeah, much? Probably. I don't know. I I mean I I I mean I know so, that PR lotion is expensive. Yeah, it's it's probably about the same. Um 
I'm not sure, but uh, I have like a stockpile of it, and I I don't know that I will buy any like once mm-hmm. it runs out. So I kind of just sparingly use it when I feel like it might be helpful. Now, um, knowing yeah. that what you say to this question might completely be placebo effect, but do you feel like it works? Yeah, and that's why I do it. And I don't care if it's placebo or not. Sure. Like I do feel so, like there's like yeah. a little bit of superhuman mm-hmm. abilities, and it might just be placebo, and I don't really care. I know it's not well, hurting me. Here, well, here's the thing: is that whether it's placebo or not, the placebo is actually a performance enhancer. The pl- if sure. the placebo makes you ride faster, then who cares if the if the lotion worked or didn't work? The end result is you rode faster, right? You know what I right. mean. Yep. So, which is hard when you're doing like like I don't remember like I don't know if they did like a double blind or single blind study with the PR mm-hmm. lotion. Um, I can't remember the specific details of it to be yeah. honest with you. Um, you know, like if you wanted to know if it was just a lotion, like you would just tell them it's sunscreen and be like, oh yeah, don't forget to use your sunscreen on your legs, <laughs> sure. right? Like, and then yeah. see if there's a performance yeah. increase. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I don't really care. All I know is it's not hurting me, so I just use it when I feel like it's it's going to maybe help, and sometimes mm-hmm. it does. And I mean, you never really yeah. know, I guess. Well, if they came out with some more conclusive research, you would know. But sure, you know that might ruin the placebo effect. I've never, I've never like tried <laughs> to like you know use it for some kind of testing protocol and then like not use it and just like see if there's actually. Yeah, like a, I mean, I would effect. say that even if you did that, there's a lot of variables that are. You know, like, for example, if you were to do an FTP test two weeks in a row and, and, you know, one week you got a higher FTP, maybe you used it that week. It's like if you were to do an FTP test two weeks in a row and not change anything, you would probably get a different result. Right. For sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I okay. what the did you guys answer this was. question? Do you, he was asking about supplements any- and topicals. <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh, we went off on such a tangent there. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam's the only one that uses topicals. I don't. I don't use any PR lotion or Lactigo. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the only supplement, if you could call it that, that I take is just like extra whey protein after the fact, um, mm-hmm. trying to up my protein intake or or increase that. But yeah, beyond that, I don't know. I haven't noticed there's other, there's other factors to my performance that could, uh, that I need, should fix first before I'm looking for quarters of a percent. Right. Sure. Yeah. Like I take vitamins for like daily health and, and who knows, I don't know. There's so much mixed research on vitamins too. Like, I don't really know, but I, I definitely don't do mm-hmm. it for, for performance reasons. It's like, I just want to try not to get sick. Yeah. I mean, I think that with supplementing with, uh, vitamins and minerals, it's probably a good idea to get blood work done to see if you're deficient in anything because if you are deficient in something you should definitely do something about it whether it's supplemental Mm -hmm. or dietary or whatever um so that being said the only the only vitamin that i take regularly is vitamin b12 um yep and so i used to i used to not take any supplements but there actually are supplements that do have pretty good research um to to support the fact that they probably do something um so i actually have them i actually have both of them right here so the first one is uh l-carnitine um l-carnitine is l-carnitine has been shown to improve endurance performance but you have to take it continuously for like five months 
um, which is a very long period of time to see an effect from a supplement. And also you have to take it with a carbohydrate meal. Um, so there's some research that showed like no effect of L-carnitine and it's because, you know, they didn't, they didn't take it correctly. And then there's, there's some research that shows better positive effects from L-carnitine and it's because they, you know, they did take it correctly. Um, and then the next one is one that I just recently started taking and it's because I did a lot of research on that recent video I did on, uh, testosterone, um, so for those who didn't watch that video, basically I was talking about how cyclists in general have low testosterone and the more you train, the more likely your testosterone, the more likely you are to have low testosterone levels. Um, and it could potentially low testosterone levels aren't necessarily going to affect your performance, but there probably is a point at which your testosterone gets low enough that you're not only going to ha- have a performance decline, but you're also, you know, like you're going to have no libido and then you're going to have a different kind of performance decline. Um, so the one, the other supplement that I have been trying recently is uh Tonkat Ali. I think I'm pronouncing that right. And that's just like an, a, I think you're not <laughs> dude, you try to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Can Tong- you read that? Tonkat Ali. <laughs> I don't know. All right, whatever. I, I, I bet it's, it's not it's, right. It's it's uh like it's it's an herb and it's supposed to raise testosterone. I have not gotten blood work done since I've started taking it to see if my testosterone has increased. Maybe I should. Um so, but yeah, those are the two those are the two that I'm taking right now. And and I will say that I used to kind of be like a I don't want to say an anti-supplement guy, but I didn't take any supplements and I didn't feel the need to take any supplements. And, uh, when there, and I, the vast majority of supplements are not worth taking and there's no research to support that they do anything for you as far as performance goes. Um, that being said, there's a select few supplements that, that do have research suggesting that they do something you know it's not a it's not a huge improvement but we're talking about like a marginal gain here what do you what do you know about um ashwagandha yeah i mean it's very similar to this talk ta- ta- ali you know <laughs> it's like a it's like a natural like it, it's an it's like an herb that supposedly increases testosterone correct something like that um it's been uh, there. There have been lots of studies that have shown that it has improvements on VO two max. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know the mechanism for which it induces that, but um, I. I like tried to experiment with it a couple of years ago. I think it was actually in twenty twenty, like during the COVID COVID year. Um, and it like I don't know. I don't know if I don't know what it was, but it, it, I like it made me feel really weird. I like took it for like a couple of weeks, and I like felt really weird. So what do you I mean by stopped. weird? I don't remember what it, I don't remember exactly what it did, but like, I think it made me feel like kind of jittery or something. Like I just didn't, I, like I could, I could feel something different was, was going on. So then I got kind of sketched out oh. about it and I did a bunch of research into like which ones were, um, were like the, the best to take. And the, the one that I did was like, it was like, I don't know, K64 or K62 or something. It was like specific that formulation sketchy. that. K64. No, no, I don't remember. It was something like that. I don't know. Maybe it was K12 or I don't know. But it was, it was some, it Isn't was like, like a it was the most recommended. 
No, that's K2. Um, I don't know. It was highly recommended that that, like that was the blender, you know, formulation to take, but yeah, I don't know. I still have the bottle. It's still like in my medicine cabinet, but I just like something about it just didn't feel right. So I was like, I'm just not going to do this. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've never taken that, so I can't say, but I will, I will say also that when during race season, I will also take uh, beta alanine, which has been shown to be particularly beneficial for like five minute power. So, and uh, too bad Scott's not on because we were, me and Scott were just having a conversation about creatine and I've had people ask me about creatine before uh, and I've done research on creatine. Most likely the only thing that creatine will help you with is your sprint. Like we're talking about your 10 second power. And probably nothing else. Um, so for some people, that's important. Like it could be important for Scott, right? Scott's a sprinter. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind is that you're going to gain water weight when you take it. So you know, it's definitely a trade off. Like, and and wor- can't you like um, can't you use up all the creatine stores or something like that rather quickly, like easily? So like you have to be hmm. like a sprint only matters at the end of the race. Right. Sure. Like, so if you if you accidentally use up all of your creatine stores or whatever it is, I don't, um, then like you come to the line and it's then there's nothing there. So like it's not actually helpful. So I don't know if like if dudes like sprinters are maybe putting creatine in their bottles like for the last hour of their race in order to try and to do that. Um, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I think it's something that you have to load with. I don't think you just you know, have it in your bottle and there it is. It's like you have to go through a loading process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never taken creatine. It's more of like a gym bro supplement for sure. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what the exact protocol is, but like 10, I don't know, whatever, 10, 15 years ago, whatever that was. Um, And you went through your gym bro phase. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, I don't know. I was powerlifting and I was just like, what all the other dudes were doing. Powerlifting. Yeah. Dang. I was still like the, I, like kind of the same size, but I was like in a powerlifting class, like a you know, yeah. Oh, not I wasn't. I wasn't a, like uh, I wasn't. Okay. Right. <laughs> I wasn't like you were like, compete, you were like competing in powerlifting. Okay. No, no, right. no, no, dude. Also, if you're still the no. same size, I mean, you're like very. What are you like one forty five or something? Yeah, I think the biggest I got was one sixty. That's I mean for a high schooler, that's pretty big. Oh no, no, that was in college. Oh, um, okay. I like lifted all through college too, but. Um, like in college, I intentionally yeah. tried to gain weight and the biggest I ever got was 160. Um, okay. I think in high school I was, I was like 140, 145. Wow. All right. Yeah. Need to send in some pics of swole Adam. <laughs> I don't, yeah, maybe. Um, okay. We got to move on cause we're only, we're 40 minutes in. And we only answered one question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Peter, we need, we need Scott here. He gives very quick answers. Dude, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Peter J wants to, wants to know he's got nine thousand miles on his three year old gravel bike, and he wants to know if he should get a new one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I mean, nine thousand. I wouldn't miles. say that nine thousand mile. Like, like bike parts last a long time, especially like the bike itself. Like nine thousand miles isn't that much for a bike, but I don't know. Gravel bikes have changed a ton in three years. Yeah. I mean, I think that if the question is, should you get a new bike, you know, regardless of the number of miles, just get the new bike, you know? Right. Unless you've like, if, if, you, if you've never changed like your chain and your cassette and chain rings and stuff and like your bike is totally clapped out, 
then yes, <laughs> 9,000 miles is way too many, and you should probably just get a whole new bike. <laughs> just trash that. It's probably clapped. <laughs> Finally, the nearest dumpster. Did he Did he say what gravel bike he has, or he's just like, it has 9,000 miles? No, he's going to get a factor, though, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. Okay. Um, Tyler, you got anything to add to that? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, well, this is funny. Only because Scott's not here. But over under on how many one word answers Scott will provide. Dude, we need we need Scott's one word answers right now. We'd we'd have like all these questions knocked out. Should we one word answer like the next five questions? <laughs> you have to okay, we have to answer the here's the deal. We have to answer the next five okay. questions in one word and move on. That's it. Okay, I have a I have another thing which I think might be an audience favorite. Can we send a subsection of these questions to Scott and have him record his answers to then supplement. Ooh, he into just the needs pod. to get back on the podcast. I don't know what he's doing. He's like, can't record while he's in Europe or something. Yeah. He's got to take pictures and like <sighs> sit through, I'm sure team meetings and shit like that. So, okay. So, so Dylan, this one's for you. Um, one word answer. All right. This one is from game keeping shorts. Where does Nina go when Dylan has low T levels? <laughs> uh, one word answer to that? Um, I don't know. You're Vibrator? <laughs> All right, move Thanks. on. Next question. <laughs> How do y'all mentally keep yourself going during a seven plus hour race despite your brain saying no? And this one comes from Subi2768. Be at the front. That's multiple words. You said be at the front? Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. HTFU? I mean, that's an acronym for multiple words there, but... it's <laughs> a good one. All right, next um, question. Okay, this one comes from K-Jelly. <laughs> I've got a question for the next Bonk Bros. I got rid of my car and, and commute my bike to work five days a week. It's about 10 miles one way, and I'm wondering how I can make all of this time more this productive. This is not a one-word answer in, question. Yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, and loop this into more productive training. Uh, is it as simple as making two of the rides a little bit longer and higher intensity and just rolling the rest into the base miles category? I live in Minneapolis, so my opportunity to work on hills is very limited, but I'm fine doing long endurance rides regardless of the weather. Uh, okay, wait, so he's commuting and he's trying to figure out how to do training. Uh, yeah, so in his, his commute is 10 miles. So, well, you can easily make that longer. Like you don't have to just do 10 miles. Yeah. Right? And that's what I would say is like, you know, so that means he's commuting 20 miles a day. So that'd be five days a week. So hundred miles of commuting, like that seems like a lot, but the problem is it's like such short periods of time that you're riding for that. Like I, it might not be contributing that much to like, you know, producing like a solid base. So that's what I would say is like, do your, do your commutes normally and have like one of those commutes. Um, you can like extend it a little bit to like fit in like intensity. I wouldn't do two of your intensity workouts during your commute. Like I would just wait till the weekend for one of them, but you can make one of those intensity. And then I would say like two of your rides home during the week, try and make that like 30 to 40 miles. Like turn that into a longer ride. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I used to do that um, when I lived in Dallas. I would bike commute to work, and if I didn't work out 
in the morning, um, like before I actually got ready to go to work, then I would just do that, turn a, my afternoon commute into the long way home and either do an intensity ride or yeah, just long base miles. So, so the real question is, do you bring a spare set of chamois for the ride home or did you, or would you just let yours air dry and wear the same ones back home? No, that the latter option is disgusting. I would okay. just ride. I would just <laughs> ride and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I no, would just yeah. ride in your suit, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a, I'll, I'll say I had a funny story where one time I basically like the roads were like a little bit slick. I was on my way to work and just like totally took this corner way too fast and like slid across like two lanes of traffic and hit some lady's car. No, no, no. I was, I I was not wearing a suit, but definitely, (laughs) he was in my jeans. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, definitely tore up some jeans on the way to work. Yeah. So did you get to work and you were like all, was it wet out? Like you were like, yeah, I mean, I slid, but it was enough that I had some, like, it was definitely bleeding. So Mm. Yeah. Just went home at lunch, bandaged myself up, drove back. <laughs> Dude, the, the first, so when I first got into riding bikes, um, it was, it was the summer after college. So I was like 22 or 23 and I had moved, I had moved down to Chicago, um, to go to grad school down there, like maybe a month or two after I like discovered bikes, you know, I had this like, you know, eye opening experience riding a bike one day and was like, this is awesome. So I was like, and, you know, I moved to Chicago. I joined the cycling team, which I had no idea what that meant. This was like way before I even knew what bike racing was. Um, the only bike I had at the time was a fixie that only had a front brake. And I was like pretty new to like urban riding and stuff like that. And it was so funny. So, um, so at the same time I had like, I was like single and I had like, um, like rekindled like a relationship with this, like chick that I went to high school with and we were like had Friday night plans. We were going to like go out for drinks or something like that. And I was like, Hey, you know, meet me at my condo at like eight o'clock. I got to go do this like bike ride with, with the cycling team first. Like I'll meet you at the, uh, my apartment afterwards. So I like, we were doing like what's called like Friday night critical mass, which is where like, I don't know, a thousand people come together on bikes and like stroll through the streets of like Chicago and like take up the entire lane or like the entire road. Um, <laughs> and I like showed up to, to this like critical mass cycling team event. And <laughs> I'd brought like a backpack with like a 12 pack of beers in it. I didn't have a helmet. <laughs> I was on my fixie and like, I was just like totally like out of the element as far as like being part of like a team, like a cycling team. Like I didn't know what even what that meant. Um, I was more just like there for the critical mass vibe. And so anyways, long story short, we're like, Two hours later, totally like across town, like like 10, 15 miles like outside of town, like from where my condo was at. And the dude in front of me, it was like dark out by now. Dude in front of me swerved around or maybe bunny hopped. I think he bunny hopped over a pothole, but I was on a fixie. So like I didn't, I couldn't really bunny hop. So I like went straight into the pothole over the handlebars, face first into the pavement. Oh. The whole side of my body got like scraped up. My I tacoed my front wheel. Like it was a total disaster. And the the team like all stopped and stuff like that. And they're like helping me out. We had to like walk like a mile to get to the train. And I I finally get back to my condo like half an hour late. This girl that I was supposed to go out with was there the whole time like waiting for me. Luckily she was like a pre med student. So when I showed up with like my entire body just like 
gushing in blood. She was like actually kind of okay, like helping me out and like cleaning and scrubbing my wounds and stuff like that. But that was like our first date was like me showing up half an hour late with half my skin shredded off me pretty like pretty drunk at that time still. Um, (laughs) and like her having like scrub, like street grit out of my like wounds, um, after like crashing my fixie. So that was like, that was, that was the first cycling team practice I ever went to. Wow. Jeez. I mean, this cycling team sounds, if they're going to critical mass as practice, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a training ride. It was supposed to just be like a, like a social event, a team bonding thing. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. No, I feel, I feel like that was actually the move, man, you know, like crash on your bike and then, you know, she probably, you know, gets into like pre-med mode and she, you know, she was actually super oh, happy yeah, she, to help and everything. Yeah, yeah, she was all about it. Like it was fine. But, you know, what a first date, I guess, is like, yeah. Yeah. Your date shows up half an hour late, pretty buzzed and gushing blood yeah. all over. So did it work out? No. <laughs> I mean, okay. it, it did because <laughs> I like three months later met my now wife. So it, it worked out for the best. Mm. Um, okay. So this well, next question what was comes the, from what was the last question again. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think we answered it. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. It was the guy that was commuting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We answered it. Um, yeah, cool. Make two of, that was two way of your, more of a tangent than the PR. Lotion. Yeah. Two of your commutes home, <laughs> extend those to like at least 90 minutes. Um, make one of your morning commutes or it doesn't have to be in the morning. I don't know. Morning just sounds like a nice way to wake up, but one of your commutes turn into like a 45 minute high intensity workout and then hit some miles on the weekend. Dope. Um, okay. So this one comes from Dizzle Dillman. He wants to know, or he says, dang, already found my replacement. I hear you. Yeah. Since he's talking if about you, you, Tyler. Yeah. This is a step up in my opinion. This is the evolution of the podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, Tyler, Tyler doesn't run his big mouth, you know, talking yeah. crap about people. So, Exactly. I got no beef with Mark Miles or anybody else. Okay. <laughs> you need to start no. beef with somebody. <laughs> I gotta, um, yeah. Okay, so this one's from JM Storm 44 Benefits of indoor rowing versus cycling. Thinking about Jason Osborne. I don't know what that's referring to. Jason Osborne? I'm assuming the question uh, is, is there... Is there like, are there benefits to, I mean, would you just call that cross training? Yeah. Or is indoor rowing better than so, indoor cycling? I got a, oh. I got a question about rowing and how it relates to cycling on my Patreon actually recently. Um, hmm. so I, I did a video about how so cross saying, training. Are you saying Jim, JM storm 44 needs to sign up for your Patreon in order to get exclusive access to your question answering <laughs> about rowing? I'll just, I'll just repeat myself. This is a freebie. um so there is research about how different sports relate to one another and and particularly with swimming biking and running because those are the three sports that make up triathlon turns out uh running and cycling have a lot of crossover there's less crossover between swimming and the other two sports um it seems like the sport with the most crossover with cycling is cross-country skiing so if you were to if you wanted to train for cycling but you couldn't ride your bike the next best thing you could do would be to cross-country ski i don't recall seeing any research on how rowing related to cycling though that doesn't mean it doesn't Mm -hmm. exist i just don't remember it Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not sure 
Um, so, I mean, I would imagine that it's, you know, obviously better than doing nothing, but probably riding your bike is the best thing to do. I think it's probably good for like creating better, uh, you know, muscular balances, like offsetting muscular imbalances, I guess. Um, you know, like cycling is very, uh, quad dominant. Um, you're also not really using your upper body all that much, but if you're doing anything, it's kind of more in like a hunched over, sort of like core activated position. Um, so like rowing could help by like, you know, activating your posterior chain a little bit more, which you don't really get a ton of on the bike. Um, so I could see it for, for maybe that, but I don't, I don't think there's anything that's like specific to rowing that you're going to get a benefit from as far as performance goes that you wouldn't just get from spending more time on your bike. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So this one, comes from Rostin Nordell. Uh, and he says, thoughts on Alex Wild not getting picked for the Grand Prix. I thought he was a clear Oof. favorite. Dang. Drama. Did he not get, did he not get picked did, or did so he just not I was, apply? I was, texting, I was texting him about this. Um, who? I'm Rostin? Not, I'm not saying I have any... <laughs> I was texting who? Rostin or no, Alex? He was no, I was texting Alex Wild, dude. We're like... Okay, we're okay. like we're like this. Homies. All right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I was trying to decide how many fingers to use. All right. So, <laughs> um, That's what yeah, Nina so said when, I just, when you had low T levels. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> so I just, I just, so Alex Wild got third place at Seattle last year. And in my mind, third yeah. play, if you're on the podium at any lifetime grand prix race, you should automatically qualify to be in the lifetime grand prix the next year. If you apply in my mind. Um, so I just assumed that he didn't apply. Like he didn't want to do it again. You know, maybe he was like one of those mountain bikers that was like, screw this gravel thing. I'm just going to race my mountain bike. I, I almost remember seeing a post from him. I mean, he kind of did that. that. Effect. Yeah. He quit so, the lifetime grand prix series. Yeah, he, he did. So he bailed on Schwam again because he went to, marathon mountain bike worlds and then he bailed on big sugar because he went to marathon mountain bike nationals so i mean it's not like he didn't have a good excuse for going to those races you know if he 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 uh he just wanted to pursue marathon mountain biking as opposed to getting like you know not even in the top 10 in the grand prix um probably i mean you know who knows maybe he would have done well at schwam again he did do well at sea otter so but anyway um yeah, so I just assumed that he didn't apply because I was like, he would have definitely gotten in. And I was texting him. I think we were texting about like Aero socks or something. Um, it's not a joke. That's actually what we were talking about. And <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, yeah, man, like I'm going to try to see if I can, you know, somehow talk to somebody at Lifetime to see if I can get in the Grand Prix. And I was like, hold on. You didn't get in? Like you sent in an application and you didn't get into the Grand Prix? Like what? Like why didn't he? I it did he? Blew. Did he? Con, he confirmed that though that he applied. Yeah, he applied. Wow, hmm. that surprises me. It one. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised <laughs> for for one that he applied, given yeah you know, that he he dropped out last year. But two, I'm definitely surprised that that he didn't get in. And I don't know. I mean, do you think it's the I, fact I'm that not, he dropped? I'm not out? mad about it. Like, yeah, I mean, if if you if you drop out of the series, like. I don't know. I, I'm okay with not getting an invite back, at least not for the next year. Um, so you're saying he, it's like, a good call had, on Lifetime's part. 
I'm saying I, I'm not mad about it. Now, yeah. there there were one or two other people who who dropped out of the series and or like maybe didn't drop out, but like didn't qualify for the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, overall standings because they didn't do enough events Yeah, that got in. So I don't, I don't know. Okay. I can't imagine that like that they were using that excuse, but yeah, I, 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 have a, I have a hard time believing that every single person that got in had a better pedigree than, than Alex wild. Cause yeah, he, dude, I mean, yeah, he got on the podium at, one of the races like that's i don't know that's to me it's like you automatically qualify to get in next year in my opinion um so i was shocked i was like i i just assumed you didn't apply man and he's like yeah i don't know um i don't know if they yeah. don't like alex wild over there or what the deal is but it was it was surprising to say the least maybe don't quit next time <laughs> yeah we know yeah. how Ty- we know how tyler feels about this <laughs> I say that. I don't know. I like Alex. I've only really like heard him on other podcasts, but I mean, you can kind of see where, where maybe lifetime is coming from in that respect, but mm-hmm. still a bummer. Yeah. But, but Agreed. to Adam's point, he's not the only one that didn't finish the series. Yeah. Uh, like there are other, there are other writers that didn't finish the series that got in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not like yep. they have this rule uh stated or not stated that if you don't complete the s- series the previous year you're not getting in the next year right all right let's let's do like one or two more all right uh this will be an easy one you can do this one in one word dylan uh it's right. from caleb sollenberger uh he wants to know for base season aka off season what zone should i be riding in relative to ftp <laughs> is he really asking this question yeah dude all right two next question yeah zone two Um, all right i didn't mean to sound mean there i almost feel like that question is like a is like a you know it's like a obvious i uh, (laughs) like i've talked i've talked about it so much on my channel maybe he's testing you yeah maybe yeah maybe i feel like i feel like that's what that question is you know what i mean it's like yeah it's like it's almost as if he was like hey dylan uh should i run arrow bars at unbound you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, the answer is no, unless you're not in the elite field. All right. Um, okay. So we can do this as the last one because it might be kind of long. Uh, this one comes from Isaac, uh, and I can't see Isaac's last name. Sorry, Isaac. It's okay. Uh, I don't know is... if we should be saying people's full name on this thing. <laughs> don't well, dox them. I have been. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on specialized cutting their ambassador program? I've heard some projections oh, more for, drama for bike slash bike sales in 2023 to be down and companies will be cutting back. Yeah. Can, all right. So give me, give me some background because I saw the memes about what happened, but I'm not sure that that gives me all of the background. So, so specialized, specialized cut their paid ambassador program mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so everyone that that they cut out of their program were, were paid athletes mm-hmm. you know so you know but they I mean, weren't call them ambassadors they you know they, but they were they're you know basically professional athletes part of their marketing team what how do they differentiate a paid ambassador versus just a um like a pro that they sponsor yeah so I think it I think it truly is like a paid ambassador is seen as part of marketing and PR team okay. versus a paid athlete 
is like their main responsibility is like athletics. Like sure. Sure. They probably have like posting requirements and certain sponsor obligations, but the majority of their uh, outreach is going to come from racing. Um, yeah. So it's interesting because like there were a couple people that were part of the specialized paid ambassador program that you'd also consider to be bike racers. Like Lael Wilcox was one of them. She was like the biggest name on the list. Um, and I don't know, most people know her as a bike racer, but she does like FKTs and super duper ultras and, and stuff Still like that. Sounds so like, like athletics though. No, like I well, was yeah, thinking about like, yeah, people but like, like podcasts and YouTube channels. And, oh, and yeah, and I think that's like, that's like Lyle's like, like she's, she's doing like, she's making content and media like, but she's not, and she's, I guess, technically competing in these races, but it's not like a, she's not uh Blevins, you know, Chris Blevins or Haley Batten or someone like that. Right. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. There's a lot, definitely a lot more content creation like with, with the ambassadors or what she was doing. Gotcha. So, so yeah, so they cut out that, like they basically just said, you know, we have to make a budget cut. Who are we, what are we going to do? Let's just cut out all of our paid ambassadors. So the interesting thing is like, Lael, like, I don't know, there was a list of people. Lael Wilcox was definitely the biggest name that got cut out. Um, I, I don't even know if I really recognized any of the other names. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not sure what they did for them or like what their jam was. Um, yeah. I'm imagining there, there were some kind of content creators or whatever. Well, didn't, didn't another company, maybe it was specialized, have like <clears throat> massive layoffs? Every company is having massive layoffs. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every bike industry company is. Okay. Um, yeah, like Specialized just had another massive layoff like last week. Like I think I think they've cut out like over 30% of their staff in the last 6 months or something wild. Dang. So um, this is But tons so, tons of companies are. So correct me if I'm wrong here. This is the result of, you know, there was a huge COVID boom with bikes and then that boom is dying down and these companies kind of uh for a while they didn't have enough bikes to st- you know, give people. And so now they've, you know, now they've produced too many bikes and, and now like they don't have enough people to sell them to. Yeah. I guess you could kind of sum it up that way. Um, you know, in the meantime, like, you know, the COVID bike boom happened, the companies were doing good. They scaled up. Um, but then I didn't take any business classes. then, 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 you know, supply chain shortages started happening. So, you know, they weren't able to sell the bikes that they, you know, were supposedly manufacturing. So, you know, but sales were still high. Um, but yeah, a big problem right now and one of the main problems is that the supply chain is like finally starting to catch up. But all these companies yeah. had these like massive orders in place. Yeah. But now you've got like the markets kind of coming down, like inflation super high. So like there's just not as many people and like everyone's kind of going back to work again you know so like there's just not as much demand for bikes anymore at least not as much as there was right. at the beginning of 2020 and throughout 2020 um yeah and like there's still supply chain shortages for certain components so like you know yeah. th- there might be b- bike companies who have you know an entire inventory of frames and you know 99.9 percent completed assembled bikes but they're like waiting on one part that's still back ordered. And now like those bikes are, you know, now we're in 2023. So like maybe that's 2022 old inventory. What are they going to do with that? Like they have to just sell it for like on the cheap. Um, yeah. While, you know, in order to like make inventory room for, for, uh, you know, new stock. So yeah, I mean like 
I don't know. I, I've seen a lot of a lot of people, you know, a lot of predictions that the bike industry is going to have a pretty steep crash here um, over the next couple of years. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not an economist either, so I, I don't I don't yeah. fully understand. I mean, I feel like you said basically what I said, but just way more eloquently. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> just a little smarter. more detail. I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, either either way, I don't think it's it's a good outlook for for the bike industry. And I don't know if like if what that's going to do for like the bike race scene. Um, you know, like well, it means it means it. that these co- it means that companies are going to have less money to sponsor athletes, and athletes are you know are going to have less money. So, but that's been the whole de- the whole uh, thing with cycling sponsorship to begin with is everybody is so reliant on or like that's the first place you go is some bike related company, and like everybody's knocking at that door. And the the thing with cycling sponsorship is everybody you know if people could get if you can get non endemic sponsors like non-cycling related brands in the sport it makes it Mm -hmm. much longer lasting for everybody like so specialized cutting there you know to your point because it's you know uh because of the contractions that everybody feeling business-wise i mean them cutting their their ambassador program it's like it it definitely sucks for people that are counting on that on that money but at the same time they're just pivoting their business to either shore up their resources that they have, or maybe they're going to start marketing in a different way. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do now that they don't have all of these big name, you know, endurance riders on the scene to promote their products. Yeah. It, it is interesting because like today's day and age is all about social media marketing. So like, it is kind of interesting that they elected to get rid of the athletes that their primary, method of marketing was through social media like that's like what an ambassador does um at least you know today so but at the same time like there's there's other responsibilities within the company too so it was like you know if they don't get laid off someone else is going to get laid off and there's probably way more responsibilities that were important beyond just like social media presence that needed to still get done within the company yeah Yeah. it'll be interesting to see if they I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see how long, like there was that episode of the Grodio podcast with um, Brendan Quirk, where he put on his CEO hat and started talking about in his, in his opinion that the influencer marketing is not like in it's in its 11 hour to use his, to use his quote. So I wonder if that's specialized hmm. is ahead of the curve on that or in its eleventh hour, meaning it's almost over. Yeah, that that was his take. Now, granted, we listened to this a couple of times, and he even said he doesn't have social media. So I don't know how much oh, you trust his gosh, opinion, dude. <laughs> Look, I I know I'm biased here, right? Because I'm yeah. a I'm a YouTuber, right? But you are I. <laughs> I mean how 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 big does your YouTube channel have to be before you can call yourself a YouTuber? Bigger than yours, dude. We've, we've got like two hundred subscribers. Are we? Are we YouTubers? So we're all YouTubers, dude. We're all YouTubers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I know I'm biased here, right? But like, for him to say that influencing influencer marketing is in its eleventh hour, like, I, where is that coming from? That's insane. If anything, it's going to influencer marketing is only going to grow. Personally, I think that like. I think that putting your money into, for example, a YouTuber that's got hundreds of thousands of subscribers versus a 
a fast racer, I th- I personally think that you're going to get more return on investment with the YouTuber because people are so invested in that personality versus a racer. Like they don't know the person's personality at all. All they see is a result and maybe like some posts on Instagram, but you still can't get that much from an Instagram post. You know what sure. I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's a, you know, there's, I, I, I almost feel like a lot of these companies are behind the curve on influencer marketing. I feel like specialized should be like hitting up Seth bike hacks right now. Um, like, I don't know they if you might guys, be. The, yeah, I don't know, but maybe they're going to sponsor burn peak. <laughs> I mean, they like, that's the kind, that's the kind of guy that could move insane quantities of bikes with his channel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, or like, I, why isn't specialized like contacting GCN, you know, and having specialized be yeah, the but, official but bike so, of GCN. So I don't know. I'm, I don't, I'm not that involved or invested in the YouTube space. So I, I don't know this for sure, but how many YouTube channels like, like a Seth bikes hacks or whatever you call it. Um, like, does he have any sponsors or like, do people tune in because he has an un- unbiased opinion to share? So he he used to be sponsored by Diamondback, but then Diamondback cut they cut all their athletes, including him. And now he and the only reason I know all of this is because my girlfriend works for Seth, uh, doing uh, some of his social media stuff. But he so he used to be sponsored by Diamondback, uh, and now he's not sponsored by anyone. And he wants to continue not being sponsored by anyone so that he can have like unbiased reviews. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. I feel like there's, yeah. there is an allure to listening to someone who is not sponsored. It doesn't mean that Seth bikes. Yeah, has, I, I agree. You know, is it, isn't going to potentially go out there and sell, you know, a thousand specialized epics because he gets one and rides it and says it's awesome. Um, like it doesn't mean that that doesn't, that that potential isn't there. But if he's sponsored by Specialized and then goes and rides the bike and then says Specialized Epic is awesome, is he going to sell as many? No, I, I agree. I agree. But I think that, I like, <laughs> you know, Specialized is obviously super invested in their athletes. They they tend to try to sponsor the best athletes, obviously. Um, and to me, it seems like they're not putting nearly as many dollars into... I don't know, YouTube. I don't I don't know of any YouTubers that are sponsored by Specialized. Uh whereas like Canyon, um, for example, Canyon is clearly putting more money into that space and probably seeing a huge return on investment in it. Um same with Factor. I mean, Factor sponsors me and Phil Guyman. Um Phil Guyman doesn't even race anymore, but I guarantee you he sells a lot of factor bikes um without ever getting a result. Like the only result he gets is on Strava. <laughs> um so I don't know. I the feel like there's results that matter. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, 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 I know I'm biased here, but I, I feel like I feel like, my opinion on this is that, and this is not because like, I want to squeeze more money out of bike companies. This is like genuinely what I think is that, is that, um, for the return on investment that companies would see, influencers like particularly like youtubers are under are underpaid by these companies because they 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 don't realize the potential that's my that's my personal opinion i mean i i have no no reason to to go against that so yeah Yeah. i mean i yeah i think as long as i don't know you you talk about you know this ambassador program being sponsored by 
the marketing arm of the company. I mean, maybe it's just a pivot. Maybe they're going to start sponsoring more, more YouTubers or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame that it, you know, it is the fact that people are losing parts of their livelihood to, because they got cut from an ambassador program, but I'm sure there's other companies out there, you know, that can, will reach out or see some value in that. I mean, there's some huge names that were a part of that ambassador list that I was just giving a few minutes ago. So it's yeah. hard to imagine that they're, you know, they're just never going to get picked up by a company. Like who wouldn't want to attach their name to Lyle Wilcox or, you know, Sarah Swallow and all of the, <laughs> the, the following that they have. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's wrap this up there. That was a good, good one. Sounds good. Um, Dizzle Dillman did not join us as you all listeners can tell. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. We'll just have to wait, wait and see if he comes on to tell us about his European cyclocross experience. Oh, is that where he was? Maybe it was so bad that he, he doesn't want to come on because he doesn't want to have to tell us. Dude, I, 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 I feel like that is the case because I've texted him really? and I'm like, I was just hey, joking, dude. Dude, well, I don't, I don't want to say that, but like, I've texted him and I've said, hey, how's the racing going? And he didn't respond. And then I texted him about something else and he responded immediately. So it's like, hmm. not that he wasn't checking his phone. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I, mean, I, mean, I could, be, I could be completely wrong. He needs to come on the podcast and tell me. So, all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get him on. Yeah, but, I heard his. I heard his race videos were good on YouTube. I'll have to go check. Them oh out. yeah, I haven't heard. But you yeah. heard his race videos were good. You didn't watch them. No, I haven't watched any of your videos either, Dylan. So I got a lot of content <laughs> to catch up on. Sorry, <laughs> dude. Talking about YouTubers, man. Specialized <laughs> he, should uh, should throw uh, Dillman a bike. Yeah, but he's on Roadhouse. He's already got sponsors. Yeah. When <laughs> what bike is Roadhouse on? Cervelo or Cervelo? Yeah, yeah, Cervelo. Yeah. 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 All right. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. But we will see you guys next time. I mean, I don't know, Tyler. I'm. I don't want to speak for you, but we enjoy having you. Dude, I mean, if Scott, if Scott keeps skipping out and uh, Drew doesn't want to come on, Tyler, you're just gonna become a regular. Dude, I'm. I'm like Keanu Reeves from the Replacements in this scenario, just taking (laughs) this thing to the to the top. So, yep. This is gonna be Tyler's podcast before we know it. All right. We'll see you guys. Yeah, see ya.